this is Pastor Eric with you for our Friday morning devotion. I hope uh, everybody has had a good week and is looking forward to a good 4th of July weekend. And speaking of the 4th of July, I figured uh, since this weekend we are celebrating our independence, our freedom as a country that I might take today to talk a little bit about Christian freedom because, uh, of course, that word freedom is heavily associated with what we have been given as a result of being forgiven by Jesus Christ. We are told all over the place in Scripture that we are now free. Uh, indeed, in the passage we're going to look at today, that is the big theme. And the big theme is that, yes, we are free, and therefore we should not ever submit to a yoke of slavery again. That's what Paul says at the beginning of chapter 5 of Galatians. Uh, but it also goes on to explain what freedom looks like. And indeed, Christian freedom is decidedly different than what we might think of as uh, national freedom or as liberty here in this country. It's a different kind of liberty. It looks different, uh, although there, there, there certainly could be some commonalities or there certainly are some commonalities. So, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. As Jesus says, the truth shall set you free and the truth is found in him. And so uh, what does that look like? What does it mean to be free? Well, let's look at a passage from Galatians 5.13. Paul says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. End of reading. All right, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. What, what does the Bible say our freedom entails. What, what do we learn about freedom? Well, I think the first thing we learn about freedom from all of the scriptures, and even in this passage, is that freedom is not necessarily easy. In fact, I think freedom is oftentimes scary for us. Uh, we, we, you know, there's a part of us, obviously, as, as sinful people, uh, that rebel against rules and push back against authority and certainly push back against God, um, but there's also a part of us that finds rules, that finds structure extraordinarily comforting. Indeed, uh, if you look throughout world history, speaking of our freedom as a country, uh, you're going to see that, in fact, 
you know, that's not the trend throughout all of world history. Most of world history, nations have been kind of happy to be under very strict rule, under dictatorial rule, under monarchies or whatnot that tell you what you can do and where you can go and what you can say. And people kind of find that comforting throughout world history to know that somebody is telling them exactly how they should live their lives. And so there is a part of freedom that can be scary because there can be chaos. There can be decisions that we make that we're not sure whether they're the best decisions. Uh, oftentimes, the scary thing about freedom isn't, isn't a contest between right and wrong as much as it's a contest between good and better. And sometimes that can be paralyzing. We can be paralyzed by the, the options before us as free people. And so freedom, freedom, although we use that word and we love that word here in America, there's also a recognition that freedom can be scary. Indeed, the reason Paul writes what he does here to the Galatian church is because they were falling back into the trap of believing that the way one would be free or the way one would be saved by God was by obeying the law. If they were just obedient enough, then they could know for certain that they were really saved people in the eyes of God. This is always the temptation for the Christian is to put ourselves back under the law. There's a little lawyer living in all of our hearts that wants to come out and play and wants to come out and rule and wants to live by very strict uh, structures and rules and wants to place us back under there. And Paul says, no, Christ has freed you from all that. You don't have to do anything in order to be saved. You are truly free. And it's not based on what you do or what you haven't done. It's based entirely on what Jesus Christ has accomplished for you. So that's the first thing. Freedom is, is scary and, and, and it can be challenging. And yet, um, I, do want, I do want to say, as the passage points out here, a second thing, that even though freedom can be scary because all of a sudden we have this, this liberty, this newfound uh, ability to, uh, to live in a different way, uh, it is important to note that according to the Bible, freedom is not anarchy. Christian freedom is described, in fact, as a battle. As Paul notes here, it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian isn't that the Christian always is victorious or always lives the perfect life. It's not even close. We sin and fall short every single day of our lives because, of course, the standard is loving God perfectly with all one's heart, soul, mind, strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves perfectly. And we don't measure up, and we know it. And so there is uh, this battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. Nevertheless, that's different than what one would have apart from Christ, because apart from Christ, there is no spirit battling the fleshly desires. And so th this, this contrast is set up for us here, in which freedom is not anarchy, but no, freedom is living in such a way that seeks to love one's neighbor. And when we talk about neighbor here, we're not just talking about the person that lives next door to you on either side of your home. We're talking about other persons. To live free, and this is the great secret, this is it's very counterintuitive. To live free is not, is not simply doing whatever I want in the moment because it gratifies some indulgence I have or some desire I have. But actually, freedom looks like getting on your knees and washing someone's feet as Jesus did for his disciples. 
freedom looks like going to the food bank and handing out food to the poor on a Saturday morning when you don't have to. Freedom looks like doing the best job you, you can when you go to work. Freedom looks like uh, taking your kid out to play baseball or, or making sure that they get to practice on time for their dance recital or whatever it is. Freedom, this is the great secret again. Freedom, it's not anarchy. Freedom is service. And indeed, there are some things that we are prohibited from doing as Christians that are free. Again, we're not prohibited from doing them so that we can earn salvation. No, we're prohibited from, from doing them because we are saved. And now life is about looking for ways to love and serve others. That's what freedom looks like. Indeed, Paul goes in great detail to describing the things that lead to slavery, that lead to bondage, and they're all activities of the flesh, right? Dissensions and rivalries and drunkenness and envy and orgies and all sorts of things. Now, the society, the world will tell you that's freedom. Freedom is being able to pursue all these things, these lusts of the flesh. But look at anybody who has pursued those lusts and ask yourself if they look really free. They certainly do not. Now, I do, I do need to uh, make a note here, again, acknowledging that we will all struggle with various things in this list that Paul talks about. I mean, it, for some of you, it's certainly not going to be sexual immorality that's your struggle, but it could be envy. That's on the list on equal par in this list in Paul's writing. The reason for all of these things in this list is because Paul wants to tell you these are the characteristics of people in bondage, and I want you to live like free people. And what do free people do? Well, free people have, have the fruit of the Spirit. Now, very important. Whose fruit is it? It's not something you produce. It's not something you muster up. It's not something that you can even grow yourself because that's a genitive. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's possessed by the Spirit, and you have been filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit is working those things in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and that love produces joy and peace and patience and gentleness, even as you're battling out these lusts of the flesh that are often prone to grabbing us by the heel and making it hard for us to run the race. And so, so freedom ultimately is life-giving and it's affirming and it's looking to benefit others. So that is who you are, Christian. As a Christian, you are free. Yes, you're gonna struggle and yes, there's battles to be won just as, just as in our country, freedom isn't guaranteed forever. There's a struggle to keep it. Indeed, in our lives, there's going to be a struggle until we finally meet God in glory, in which the struggle will be over and we will truly be victorious over these sins of the flesh. But in the meantime, the Spirit is growing you. The Spirit is growing fruit in you and through you, and in ways that you're probably not even conscious of. Why? So that you would walk in exact alignment one day with who God already says you are, a freed child of the King. Well, that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoy uh, your freedom as Christians, knowing that you don't 
have to do anything to be saved because Jesus has saved you. And therefore, use that freedom to love and serve your neighbors with abandon. I hope you enjoy your July 4th. And speaking of that,